0: I was a child the last time I was there. Lunch at the Senior Citizen Center. I ruined puzzles spread out on the table, hours of constructed landscapes and images gone and destroyed by my small hands. The puzzles, the crust of earth uplifted. My hand, a small monster, breaking through, bringing rapture. Now I sit there, stitching worlds together with words. I know what makes the spirit happy and anxious. I sit in a room full of Arapaho speakers. Listen to spirit become happy and fearful. My mouth catches words. I learn Nuhu My language is sacred. I write down words in my notebook. One day I will write praise for my master speakers. I, the apprentice, learn what it means to be Arapaho, to write, to read, to hold language in my mouth. Listen to spirit, become happy and fearful. To use, to hear, to say any fragment is good, they say. But what about the whole? Today we talk with Teresa His-Chase and her story of spending time with Northern Arapaho elders and learning the Northern Arapaho language She also shares with us some bits and pieces of the Northern Arapaho
1: history. This is Cody Beers with the Wyoming Department of Transportation. YDOT is proud to help bring you the Indian Relay podcast and to partner with the Eastern Shoshone and Northern Arapaho tribes. Our goal is to help keep people safe on our local highways. Did you know that seatbelts are the single most effective traffic safety device for preventing death and injury? Simply wearing your seatbelt in a car reduces your risk of death in an accident by up to 45% and by 60% in a pickup truck. Let's celebrate life. Buckle up for life. The Indian Relay Podcast is made possible by the Institute of Tribal Learning at Central Wyoming College. The Institute coordinates American Indian services through continued education on historical and contemporary issues. CWC proudly serves the two nations of the Wind River Reservation, And through the Institute, they seek to provide positive influences to educate students along with tribal and non-tribal community members on American Indian issues on a local and national scale. To support the Institute and its mission or to learn more, email Ivan Posey, iposey at cwc.edu. That's I-P-O-S-E-Y at cwc.edu.
2: Here on the Wind River Indian Reservation, we have stories to tell, history to share, and wisdom to give. On this show, we share the well-roundedness of our people. In that process, we break the mold placed on us and reclaim our identity. Northern Repoh and Eastern Shoshone. We are two nations and one community. This is Indian Relay, a Wind River Indian Reservation
1: podcast.
0: Haba <laughs> naasi Hello, all my relatives. My name is Jaka Hay Black, and I belong to the Northern Rappo Tribe. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners and to everyone that is following us on social media and everyone that has been interacting with us. We're getting a lot of positive feedback, and this podcast has been received very well. And I want to say thank you to everyone that is supporting us. We're just scratching the surface with what this podcast can become, and I'm very excited for the future. I want to say thank you to Porters for providing the studio in which we are currently recording. Thank you to County 10 for making this possible. Thank you to Noah Pakotis and J.G. Pocotis, a.k.a. Just James. They're responsible for the intro and outro music on our episodes. All of their music is made in-house through DCM Collective. So please go check them out on Instagram. They have a lot of big projects planned, and I'm very excited to see what they do in the future. Today's guest is Teresa Hischase, and over the past two years, Teresa has become a teacher and a mentor for me. Since 2004, she's been working and studying with fluent Arapaho elders. From 2008 to 2011, she was an Arapaho immersion preschool teacher. She was instrumental in developing the Northern Arapaho language app, and she is currently partnering with the University of Wyoming on virtual reality videos focused on the Northern Arapaho language and Northern Arapaho culture. In 2019, she used a grant to create the Northern Arapaho Master Apprentice Program in which community members were paired with Northern Arapaho elders. And in that relationship, the elder in an immersion style would teach their apprentice the Northern Arapaho language.
2: Ah, this is Ivan Posey, accompanying hey here, and uh, interviewing Teresa, and I'd like to welcome you,
3: Teresa. And I'll let her go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: Well, thank you for joining us today, Teresa. And before we begin today's episode, I'm going to say a phrase for you, and then I want you to tell me what that phrase means and what it means to you.
3: The Arapaho language is sacred. We say our language is sacred and holy. It is spiritual, and it has been with us since the beginning of time. In our stories and in our history, then, we have stories that explain that the animals and the people all spoke the same language, Arapaho language. So it's very, um, it's very ancient and it's spiritual and moving. When you learn your language, then you are able to live a good life, know who you are and where you come from. You automatically understand and know our culture and history.
0: Yeah, over the past few years, I've started learning and practicing the Northern Arapaho language and I've been practicing a lot with my grandpa and my grandma and when i say something incorrectly and they correct me i can really hear the power in the language because the language it, the language itself has a lot of fluctuations and a lot of hard hits and just hearing that i can really feel it in my spirit and it's really powerful and starting to learn the language has been one of the best things i've ever done and in your journey you spent two years with wayne Seher, one of the elders in our community And it was an immersive style of learning in which you really dove in to learning the language. So can you talk to us about what that experience was like?
3: Well, growing up, I just um, learned basics, greetings and departures and things like that. And I didn't really understand the elders when they would talk. And then I started working with them in 2004. And when they would have meetings, then I didn't understand what they were saying in Arapaho. And I had to take minutes for their meetings, and so I told my boss that I wanted to learn the language, and so he sent me to learn from Wayne Seahair. So I went through the college courses, Arapahoe one through four, and I was able to learn how to read and write it really well, and then um, I still wasn't a conversational speaker, so I asked Wayne to master-apprentice me, and what that is is spending three to four hours a day four to five days a week, alongside a fluent speaker, and they speak nothing but the language with you. So we did that, and at first it was hard for me to understand him, and he used Mm -hmm. a lot of sign language. At first I just had to repeat him so that I could actually pronounce things right. So the first part was just repeating and repeating, and I was like a mockingbird. So he Mm -hmm. would say things and point it out and use sign language, and then I was just repeating him. When you learn a langu- a different language, then you don't realize it or think about it, but you use a lot of muscles in your face and your cheeks and in your nasal part, in your throat, that you don't use when you're speaking English. And so it's a whole new language that you have to get used to, and you have to get used to pronouncing things right and making the <laughs> sound mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. things that um, we have in our language that isn't in English. And so... The first part was just a lot of practice and repetition, but he was really good at not just throwing something new out every day. He would work with me on a daily basis until he knew that I understood it and could pronounce things correctly and precisely. And then by the second month, I was able to kind of grasp what he was talking about. And by the third month, I started answering him back. And by the fourth month, then I was able to carry on a conversation with him. And so it really, it's a proven method of learning the language for any age group. And that's how I was able to comprehend and understand our language better. It's pretty quick as soon as you get into it, but that was a lot of time that we spent together. It was almost mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And then, you know, sometimes we would take a break and go outside and sit around for a little bit. And then we would take a break and talk in English. and. One time I remember we were we were sitting outside and the whole sky was had red clouds all stretched all the way across from the mountains all about halfway across the sky and he said baa and I was asked him what that meant and he said it means the repose had a good day there was no death and there was no sorrow all the kids were they they got fed really good nobody was hungry there was happiness everywhere, and the the clouds. They know that they know that the Arapahos had a good day, and they don't want the day to end. So they try to hang on to the sunlight a little bit longer, and they stretch across the sky like that. So that's the meaning of one word, and th- those are the kind of lessons that you get when you spend time with fluent elders that know and understand our culture very deeply, like Wayne, like Wayne does, and so. I just would like to encourage everybody to learn in the same manner because you get so much more than just learning how to speak.
0: Yeah, so I've also had... A few classes with Wayne Seher as well. And like I mentioned earlier, being in those settings with a fluent speaker is super powerful. And one thing that Wayne has taught me in my time learning with him is the northern Arapaho language is like Legos. And every word has a specific spot that it has to go.
3: Yeah, he also says that all these Arapahos walking around today, are looking at the world in black and white, and if they would add the Arapahoe language to their lives, then they'd be able to see it in full color. And that's um, very true. It, It takes a lot of studying as for adults who are trying to learn the language. And as soon as you understand how things fit together, then it comes pretty easy. And as soon as you get past a certain stage of learning, then it it's easier to understand and you can start figuring out on how to put things together to make sentences and express yourself.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I would say within about a week, I was able to develop a basic understanding of conjugating verbs and using prefixes and suffixes. So recently you've been hosting elder meetings and obviously we've got to take precautions now with the current climate, but, um, I went to a couple of those meetings. You know, being surrounded by elders like that, speaking the language is great. And you all have currently been working on part two of the Northern Arapaho language app. So, can you talk to us about that a little bit?
3: Yeah, in 2017, we launched our first app, and it is accessible on through um, any for any Android device. You can just download the app through um, Google the Google Play Store, or the um, Apple Store. And you just type in Arapaho and then install it on your device. So that app was basically an introduction to the language and um, a really good way to build your vocabulary. Yeah. And this next app that we've been working on since we la- launched the first app is taking it to a next level. There will be conversational pieces, stories, prayers, um, full sentences, and an explanation of how things change according to what you're talking about Mm -hmm. past present and future tenses animate inanimate singular and plural those kind of structures are all are all going to be in there as well as lullabies and some of our stories and star stories
0: wow so that's going to be a really good update for the app that's going to be cool i'm excited to start learning longer phrases start learning some stories and some lullabies. Now, across Indian country, we often hear that if you know your language, you know yourself, or in order to know yourself, you must know your language. So can you talk to us about how learning the language can help our youth excel in their personal lives and in their academic lives?
3: When Arapaho students are taught their Arapaho language and culture in all of their core subjects, then they are able to know and understand who they are and where they come from, their identity as an Arapaho person. And we do have data that proves that they perform better on all standardized tests. Um, they far surpass their English counterparts if they know their language as a second language or a, or as a first language. Um, we have data that proves that in incorporating Arapaho language into their Core Subjects has increased their daily attendance and improved behavior both at school and at home. So it's really good for everybody. And myself, when I went to college, I went to college up in North Dakota, and it really helped me. Um, I had a 4.0 GPA all the way through college, and when it came time to do my studies, then I it it was a, it was really easy and i th- i think i give thanks to knowing the language because you're able to understand and see things in two worlds and so mm-hmm. it does make you smarter and it's like i said we have data to prove that
0: yeah and as i've been learning the language and sort of understanding what the translation of the language is I would definitely agree that it's opened up a whole new way of view in the world, especially because the rapon language is a descriptive language. It describes whatever it is you're talking about. Um, and I think that's helped me pay more attention to detail. Um, I do some creative writing and some poetry, and I think in my writing process, it's helped me a lot because I've been able to pay attention to the way a scene or an object is sort of set up.
2: Yes, I think maybe, uh, Teresa, if you could talk to some of the, the effects that that historical trauma has on learning nowadays. Obviously, we know that in the early days, we couldn't talk our language. Around 1900, there was a lot of uh, older people that went to boarding schools, my parents included. And um, you know how that transitioned from A SYSTEM WHERE WE WAS IN SOCIETIES AND CLANS AND THEN HAD TO GO INTO A MORE um, WESTERN ACADEMIA um, WORLD, THOSE EFFECTS THAT IT HAS ON OUR EFFORTS NOWADAYS TO BECOME MORE CLOSELY IN tune WITH OUR TRADITIONAL, CULTURAL, AND OF COURSE PART OF THAT IS OUR LANGUAGE EFFORTS.
3: the pre-reservation era when we still lived in camp circles, then we were tied to a very large land base, and our land base stretched from Canada to Texas throughout the western part of the United, the United States and as far east as the Great Lakes region. So we claim a lot of states, Montana, Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, Nebraska, Kansas, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Iowa, and Texas counties. And when we lived back then, we migrated with the buffalo. We lived by age-graded societies, and we had a very sophisticated form of government. We had a collective life movement We had our own doctors, teachers, scientists, our own education system, our own botanists, our own policing system. So we were pretty much set in our ways and then we were moved on to reservations and that's when everything changed. And so we were forced, it's called forced assimilation, when we were forced to learn the Western education. And from then, then our ancestors were forbidden to speak the language or they would get punished. And so for many years, then out of love, they didn't teach our language to us. They didn't want us to be punished for speaking our language. And so that's where the intergeneration gap comes from. And so now today, then a lot of things have changed and we're able to teach the language. And so we just need to be thankful and take advantage of that opportunity and learn from our elders, learn as much as we can before it's too late. In 2004, when we did the language survey, they gave us 20 generous years. And that means that we might have 20 years left to save our language, to create a pool of fluent speakers so we can continue to pass on our language and fluency and knowledge. and so. That was quite a while ago, so like I said, we are in the last minute of the final hour of saving our language. We have our little immersion preschools, and from there, then when they go into the regular schools, the students at our immersion schools learn very well, and they are immersed in the language every single day, all year long, and so they get a really good grasp of the language, and then when they go to the bigger schools, then they sort of lose it, Within a few years and then they're just retain little bits and pieces here and there. So we need to work on helping the immersion students so that they can continue to learn in a regular school setting. At Arapahoe School they are going to start an immersion preschool. And right now they are train they are having the elders come down and train the staff on Arapaho language vocabulary, greetings, departures, commands, things words and phrases to use in the classroom during mealtime, getting on and off the bus, um, weather terms, terms to use while playing on the playground. And so they're really doing what um, a whole lot down there. Arapaho School board are the ones who support the elders group and um, they've they've implemented a lot of strategies like this so that, Our teachers can start working with our Arapaho students in a better fashion so that they can retain the language and learn more than they have been learning in the regular school setting. Mm.
0: So what has it been like being part of this group that is working so hard to save the language and to revitalize it. Do you feel hope moving forward and looking into the future?
3: Yeah, I, I have hope. I have hope that we're going to succeed at all of our efforts, and I see more and more people coming on board and taking mm. part. I've heard of the language being brought back into all of our ceremonies, and that makes me feel good. I hear a lot of younger people speaking Arapaho out in public, mm-hmm. and this has just been like in the past five years or so. I go into the store, and I could um, greet people in the language, and they're able to answer back, and 10 years ago, then it wasn't like that. It was hardly heard among young people, so I have a lot of hope, and like I said, with what's going on in the local schools, I know Wyoming Indian and St. Stephen's schools are doing they're they're upping their efforts also with as far as language learning and communication and preservation and so i think with more people on board then we're going to see dramatic results here soon
0: mm and you also mentioned that once a class graduates from the immersion preschool they're no longer able to keep up their language learning so do you think that the immersion program needs to extend past preschool or do you think that there should be one northern Arapaho language teacher that sticks with that particular class as they progress through elementary, middle school, and then high school?
3: Yeah, the late Dr. White Plume and I had a really good discussion before his passing last, last year, and one of his dreams, as well as mine, was to see a full-scale immersion be incorporated into all of our local schools. Mm. And what we wanted to see was that fluent teachers would teach a core group of students and then move up a grade with them and then start another um group of ma- uh, master teachers with apprentices younger teachers so that they could um continue to move up with them so that in 12 year in a 12 year time span then we would be graduating fluent speakers as seniors yeah and last year we wrote a grant for St. Stephen's it's a BIE grant and so they're in the beginning stages of that but it's an it's for an immersion grant and it's the beginning uh, beginning stages of what i just now explained
2: and i think to follow up on that i think with you know when i was going to grade school in the 60s and 70s there was no language classes available there was there wasn't even no indian teachers Yeah, got for but now i think we have the Opportunity with um, tribal people being in those administrative jobs, teachers, the ability to teach a language and culture. Um, But it shows the resilience of um, the Arapaho tribe in terms of trying to capture what was kind of taken away from us years ago, you know. And Arapaho School is blessed to have you there, Teresa, because. Any efforts or anything that I read or hear about the language, you're there with the elders, you know, and it takes a special person. I think like um, a person that works in a manner, not everybody could do it, but there's a certain type of person that could work with those elderly people. And, um, but you're one of those people that I think the tribe is very blessed to have. You know, and it's, uh, it's a tough road to try to reclaim something that, was taken away for so long.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, yeah, I agree with everything that Ivan just said. And I want to say thank you as well for all of the work that you've been doing. We come from a long line of resilient people that have fought to keep this language alive. You know, so many things were done to try to eliminate this language. But here we are today. And you're one of those people helping us keep it alive. So I want to say ha-hoo. And now that you were going to start teaching the Arapaho language in... The border town high schools, the high schools that are off the reservation but that still have a population of Arapaho students. So what do you think that means? What are your thoughts on that?
3: I think it's a really good thing when Riverton approved for the language to be taught in our local Riverton High School because we have a large population of Arapaho students there. And so it's mm. a great opportunity for them to be able to learn the language and I think Dr. Teresa Spoonhunter and a few others worked hard at getting the state of Wyoming to approve um, it being considered a foreign language, although it's our own language, but yeah. um, for for the reasons of the um, different different opportunities, then they're able to... Um, they, they approved it, and so I'm really thankful for that, and not only... You know, if, if other students, non-native students, want to take the language as one of their foreign subjects, then um, it, it will give them an opportunity to receive culture sensitivity training, because when you learn our language, then you learn our history, mm-hmm. and you learn things about our culture that we, we are able to share. Some things we're not able to share because they are just kept within the tribe and only f- you know, knowledge for only our tribal members, but there are some things about the culture that we are able to share, and so they will be able to and un- have a better understanding of our culture. It'll break down barriers that we've experienced yeah, as far as one. border town racism, and it will help them understand who we are and where we co- where we come from. Like how I explained that we had age graded societies where we lived. Um, how we live, why we do the things that we do. It will just give everybody a better understanding, and that's what comes with learning the language.
0: Yes, that cultural sensitivity piece that you mentioned is super important. And I went to high school off the reservation, and a 15-minute drive from my house on the res to school, there's just this huge disconnect, and there's a huge misunderstanding of the tribes and the reservation and who we are as indigenous peoples. And I think when non-Native students begin to develop that culture sensitivity, then there will be a healing of that disconnect. You know, some of those misconceptions will be fixed. And I think those relationships that have been damaged will then begin to be repaired. And, you know, that misunderstanding of who we are as a people will eventually be corrected. So I think that's super important.
2: I was wondering, Teresa, how has the relationship or efforts been with parents because i know um some students and wayne said this one time is they teach these kids younger kids the language the basics and all that but they go home and their parents don't talk it so that was another process of not being able to keep it going
3: i think that's something that we still need to work on because i did a survey last year i was developing the a and grant for the tribe, and I did a survey for the tribal members, and most of them, like 99% of them, responded um, when I asked one of, the, one of the survey questions was, would you, um, are you interested in learning Arapaho? And they all said yes. And there's, today there's not really that many opportunities, there's no language classes for adults going on, except for the classes that CWC offers. Uh-huh. And then not everybody's a college student at CWC. There's no programs for adults. Last year, I wrote a grant, and it was awarded through the First Nations Development Institute, and that provided for seven apprentices to learn from fluent elders, and they worked side-by-side for a year. And then that grant ran out, and so now there's no more funding and yet again no more opportunities and so people want to learn the language they just need opportunities some of the other tribes around the nation they offer for their tribal workers they offer friday afternoons off so their tribal members can go and learn the language and they offer these kind of classes and i think that's something that our tribe should our tribal council should look at and think about and implement and get going because everybody's hungry for the language. And like you said, um, we do teach the students, the younger they are, the better they learn, the more they learn, the quicker they learn. But then when they go home, they have nobody to speak to. So it would be good to have the language taught to their parents and adults so that when they go home, then the language can be heard in the home again. Because that's the ultimate goal is intergenerational usage again, like it was before.
0: Do you also think that immersion is the best way for the adults to start learning the language?
3: Yeah, Master Apprentice is basically immersion for adults when only the language is spoken. And it it is the quickest way to learn, and immersion and Master Apprentice are the proven methods of anybody of any age to successfully learn the language. And one thing I've always thought about is we need something for our youth so that they are not doing other things that they're not Mm-hmm. supposed to be doing and if we had youth centers youth facilities built and started around our reservations then just make it like the boys and girls club and have students come in and when you first go to the boys and girls club then you have to do a half an hour of homework before you go through the doors to do activities and make it the same way so that they can learn the language before entering you know it'd be a simple fix.
0: so i just want to say for me personally a ho for Everything you've done. I know it's a lot of heavy work. So. Yeah. But we it needs to be done. and
2: That's a lot of work and a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you carry yourself very well.
3: Oh.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I called Wayne this morning to make sure I said, <laughs> mm-hmm. correctly. And he was all like, dang, thanks for calling me and asking me that. That makes me feel good. That yeah. makes me feel good to hear that. And I was like, yeah. So not only is it good for our youth, because they're learning more about themselves. But it's good for our elders to hear people picking up on their teachings mm-hmm. and, you know, to let our elders know that they're still held in high regard. So that's awesome.
3: Yes.
2: I think you're very fortunate to have been mentored under Wayne. You know, I think he's, a, like I said before, he's a, a great human being to be able to continue this. You know, sometimes I'm sure he gets tired and, you know, he he, mm-hmm. he carries uh, a lot with him too, being a Vietnam vet and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, he's 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 a good mentor for you, and the shows. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, he was um, him and his brother William, their sister Marianne, their mm-hmm. their siblings. They were very fortunate because they had fluent speakers: their moms and mother and father, and their mother and father on both sides of their family. So. They are walking encyclopedias, and for that, I'm Mm. truly thankful. And the rest of the elders that I work with, I'm really thankful and just try my best. I always cook for them on Saturdays and try to provide them a good meal and show them that, you know, that respect and just show them how much I appreciate them. And um, just really thankful that they're still with us because I know how hard it is on us when we lose a fluent elder that's, Takes all that knowledge with them. It's it's really hard and sad, you know. So that's why I I just want to encourage everybody to learn as much as you can while they're still with us.
0: Yep. And download the Northern Arapaho language app and be on the lookout for part two of that because it's coming soon and mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty good.
3: We're um we're also working with the University of Wyoming. They wrote for and were awarded a grant through the National Science Foundation. And through that grant, they were able to develop virtual reality videos. And so what's gonna happen is they're going to purchase virtual reality headsets for all of the local schools and the elders part in that project is, I'm interviewing them and asking them questions of significant historical place names that the Arapaho lived and places, that are significant to us. So the, I ask them, "What kind of stories do you have about this place? Do you remember um, this place? What do you know about this place? Um, things like that." And and then they answer all in Arapaho. So the students who experience the virtual reality videos will be listening to Arapaho language at the same time, learning our history. So that's going to be great. So far, we've um, or they filmed. Estes Park, down by Laramie, um, where we used to always go harvest teepee poles, um, down by the powwow grounds in Arapaho, where we used to have the town of Arapaho, where a lot of good things went on, you know, in the early reservation era, and things like that. So there's a lot of good things going on yeah. as far as Arapaho language and cultural efforts, and with our elders, they're working hard, and um, special thanks to them, appreciate, and Respect and love and appreciation for all that they do.
0: Yeah, yep. And before we end today's show, Teresa, I just want to say another thank you for coming out and being part of the show, being part of this project.
3: Oh, for inviting me and having me be part of this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, definitely. We're honored to have you here. And before we officially end the show, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners that are here with us. You can find us on all podcast platforms, and I ask that you would leave a review and rate us when you do that more people will be able to see our show and we'll be able to meet reach more people with what we're putting out you can also find us on instagram and facebook at indian relay podcast please go give us a follow share us let your friends know about us we have a lot of cool giveaways planned and a lot of artist features and i'm very excited for that moving forward I want to send a shout out to Porter's for providing the Porter's 10 guest studio. Thank you again to Noah and just James Bacotas over at DCM collective. Thank you to County 10 for making this possible. Thank you to our sponsors for today's show. And with that, I have nothing else to say Wahey Hey, and
1: ha. This is Cody beers with the Wyoming department of transportation. YDOT is proud to help bring you the Indian Relay podcast and to partner with the Eastern Shoshone and Northern Arapaho Tribes. Our goal is to help keep people safe on our local highways. Did you know that seatbelts are the single most effective traffic safety device for preventing death and injury? Simply wearing your seatbelt in a car reduces your risk of death in an accident by up to 45% and by 60% in a pickup truck. Let's celebrate life. Buckle up for life.